Hey, I'm just trying to be wild. <laughs> wild. I just love this one, though. Yeah. Alright, well welcome everyone to another episode of Geology on the Rocks, your one-stop audio shop for all things rocks and rocking out. A brief overview of this evening's episode will include the intros and hellos, followed by a new news. Our main discussion will dive deep into all things answers you're wanting questioned in tonight's season finale. Um, between the bars of our main discussion, we present to you another Mineral Minute, and before signing off, we will close things out with a That Freaking Rocks. A big thank you to all of our listeners out there for allowing us to be played between your earballs and spending your time with us each week. If you'd like to reach out to us, whether it be for episode ideas, answers you're wanting question, or simply to tell us about all the times that we were wrong, you can reach us at geologyotr at gmail.com, or you can find us on Instagram at geologyontherockspodcast. It does look as if things are pretty squared away over here. So without further ado to all of you over there, I'm your host, James the Geologist. And I am to be cited, Baggins, B, period. <laughs> and I am a beefy Carl's Jr. burger. <laughs> hey, and this is Geology, Geology on the Rocks. Rocks. Woo! Well, hey, peoples. Hi. Episodes hey. 45, <clears throat> a season finale. This is uh, kind of your first, Carly. Yeah. It's your first uh, season is in, in I made it. Season ends. And right this here. is, uh, what, our fourth one now, Brian? Yeah. Even though this one has felt like six seasons. Just, it has. It's been long. Oh, man. The opposite of my peepees. <laughs> okay, I so. I do hope our parents don't listen to this. My parents do. Uh, yeah. But I think they've just come to expect, like, uh, <laughs> by now, they've come to expect who I am as a person. Yeah, that's good. They just, they just accept me for being just kind of yeah. like that weird person that's just... Always inappropriate. I am wildly inappropriate most times. I've calmed down in the classroom, but I used to down in the classroom. But that well, I used to like be a little bit more uh, free with my my joking, my <laughs> jokes, yokes, yokes. So that's all I know. So how was your week, man? Ben, Mister Baggins, uh, full of reports, and um, I played my guitar for the first time in two weeks yesterday. What? So that was, that's nice. That was nice. I saw the the Instagram post. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, normally we try to put some high-res photo up or something, and I was like, who gives a shit? Let's go lo-fi. <laughs> yeah, let's just go natural. Oh, yeah. And yeah. Uh, Other than that, I saw um, good old Dr. Basu. Oh, you saw the, the Basu. Yeah. Dr. Basu. Yeah. Well, it helped him move some stuff. He gave me some things, and we talked about um, the Lanthanide series. It was nice. Okay. Yeah. What, go. I'm not, you have not, 30 seconds no. on the Lanthanides. Go. LA. One, no, I'm not. I'm not we're, we're, okay. We have no time. Yeah. Well, no time. Except for all the time. <laughs> the Europium anomaly. That sounds maybe. like a, a nightclub, Europium. Yeah. Well, Carly, how was your week? Yeah, how's your week been? Uh, pretty busy. You know, finals and stuff. So lots of oh. students turning in. Uh, terrible work. It's awesome finals work. Finals time? Great work. Great work. Yeah, um, no, I'd give a final on Thursday. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Dang. Dang, dang, <laughs> dang, yes. dang, dang. Well, yeah. Oh, so, and I did this. Oh. Uh, I noticed that, a tattoo. You got a little, cool. is that a fake did tattoo? Did you do that for, um, no, it's real. Is it real? Yes. Was did that, you is do that it for Earth? Earth Day? Was it on Earth Day? I did it for me. No, I did it yesterday. Wow. Well, it looks cool. It's got all that plasma in there. Yeah. Did you do it yourself? Yeah. <laughs> Just da, da, da. 
I was bored. And you did it. I like that you what, centered you... it around where your yeah. heritage is from. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very nice. Hey, there's an Iran plate. Oh, yeah, the Iranian plate. Okay, so nice. you did that yesterday. Yeah. And it's not. You don't have it like. You don't have like that goopy on it. Uh, what is this? I would take that off. Well, no, oh, no, 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 that's no. Like, that skin. The new thing. That's a new. Leave that for five days. Wow. Oh, they don't. They don't tell us to do that. Like it depends on your artist, right? everyone has different ways of doing things yeah because when i got this whole arm done like it was like six different sessions and it was like my whole arm bleeding and oozing and it hurt that's all i know they just tell me wrap it the first night and then after that (laughs) soap and water hey speaking of wrapping do you know what condoms and rattlesnakes have in common they're cylindrical i don't fuck (laughs) i don't fuck with either of them oh wait what was the joke again what do condoms and rattlesnakes have in oh, common? No. <laughs> I don't fuck with either. Uh, <laughs> well, that's why, why did, why did the condom fly across the room? Uh, why? It was pissed off. <laughs> 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 okay. So, you have any a joke? Jokes? Come on. Oh. <laughs> it's your turn. No, I'm oh, okay. sorry. Come okay, on. well then, uh, for, for Carly, <laughs> what kind of dinosaur gets in a lot of car accidents a tyrannosaurus rex oh gosh you're welcome you're welcome for that <laughs> boo okay boo that man well all yeah. right well so on to episode 45 so a season finale again so this one was kind of uh, uh we have questions that we're finally getting around yeah, to hopefully I'm glad we're doing it and i hope that we get this uh I don't know. We do it a little bit of justice, right? Yeah, and I hope this is a repeating theme, you know? Doesn't always have to be the finale, but anytime you guys have questions, please ask yeah. them. And if we don't know, we will get the answer. We so. will try to at least, right? Um, yeah. <laughs> and and just if we giggle, Carly has grown her uh, geology <laughs> mustache. Yeah. So maybe this one's a mustache you a question. I don't hmm. know. Hmm. 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 <laughs> and she slowly, just she's throughout the episode, she's changed the shape of it multiple times yeah so morphing uh, metamorphic but all right so then i guess a little bit of triple junction so uh i know we just threw something out there yesterday so we just picked some of the ones to answer well, uh, we had some emailed to us and then we had you put out something on instagram and some yeah, people right. responded so yeah so, i think you want to hit those the instagram stuff first yeah yeah okay. let's we'll go ahead and hit the instagram stuff kellison we're not going to try today oh my god zero oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god yeah go ahead you, you said whatever you do do not do a uh yeah attempt an australian accent yes to say anything because oh. he he hated ours yeah. i mean yeah. it's awful yeah. yes yeah. yes so to yes yes that's my australian accent yes car park car park cali <laughs> Kali Davidson. I sound more the South African. I don't know. I don't. We're awful. You can't. I don't. Um. I can't think of anything. You have a mustache like, now. You can do anything. I, you I, can't do anything. God, dang. <laughs> dang. Dang. Um. Dying. I'm on the spot. Um, dying. Is a, a dingo. <laughs> um. Dingo in the morning. Where is that Nicole Kidman? <laughs> <laughs> bravo, bravo, bravo. All right, so then uh, TA underscore O, thanks for the words of kindness. Yes, that was, thank you. That was thank awesome. The, the energy, hopefully we bring it tonight. Yeah. It's a little bit less scripted, yeah. so we might go off the rails a little bit. And then Heaven Alves, uh, she wrote, I freaking love dykes and cross beddings. <laughs> what are our favorite things to, that rocks do? Well, um, I'm also a big fan of cross bedding. I, I really do enjoy seeing that, but... I also like cumulate structures, okay. um, like gabbroic rocks. That's really cool to see. 
the plagioclase and clinopyroxenes and just in bulk down there it's it's real nice so oh you got something for me you're gonna show me a cumulant oh i bet you have one though here somewhere maybe somewhere yeah my favorite thing that rocks do are fern fields oh so this is the accumulation area of a glacier, and they're really this broad expanse of <laughs> glacier surface over which snow accumulates, and the fern is created. An area fern. <laughs> awesome. What's your favorite? <laughs> hey, mine was honest. Mine was, you don't think I like ferns? No. <laughs> I'm a fern goalie. You don't goalie. even have a fern in your house. Oh. It's not Maybe true. Maybe you do. Just point to one, Carly. Yeah, anything. Everything I've read so far is just minerals. Nope. I know. Nope. Yeah, it can be a, right there. Septifer. I like that too. Yeah. <laughs> what is it? What's a septifer? Set of brachiobacteria. <laughs> it has the. <laughs> such, so ridiculous. It has the form of septa. Oh um, yeah. Yeah. And then it's gonna descend directly. No, from the dorsal side of the hinge plates. Yeah. Yep, so that's to the floor of the brachial valve. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> no. Okay. So the in honesty. And, okay. So yeah. you spoke your your you spoke your truth right yeah. to what right so here is a true story that i did con concerning dykes when we mm. were talking about it in the very first long semester so i think it was the fall of 2018 and i had 48 students sitting in the the big room and we we're talking about uh the cross tabular igneous intrusions which are like the discordant tabular igneous intrusion which is a dike and i and i write it on i drew pictures and i'm like this is the dike and I wrote on the boards in fucking just huge letters, D, Y, <laughs> K, E. Well, but that's the British spelling of a, a cross-cutting relationship. Yeah, cross well, igneous body. not in America, my no, friend. No, but that is that is how it is spelled there, and so you were not wrong. after class, I saw that, and I was like, oh, my God, I'm an <laughs> idiot. Yeah. Do you ever see those uh, Whoa. Um, Whoa. Uh -oh. semi-trucks that say grow and dyke? Yeah, And no. I'm like, there is a joke in there about, like, yes, I'm just a grow and dyke, you know? That's a little bit of bad, Tina. Patina yeah. is a growing dyke. Growing dyke. Growing growing green. But isn't that the yeah. oh no, that's Matt Groin, the Simpsons creator. Oh. Mm -hmm. Well, um, I guess I'll take the next one. Okay. Um so we had a question uh by Maleficent one oh three. Yeah, I don't I believe know that. your your right name, but um I apologize about that. Uh you asked that something you're struggling with in structural geology is the difference between shear and deformation. You don't really have to differentiate these too much, and I'll explain why. They're they can all be part of the same picture, but deformation has to do with when enough stress is emplaced on a rock and it will change. So it uh, goes under its strains. Yeah, and that's exactly right. So if there's enough stress, it will produce a strain. And so you you have different types of stresses. Well, a shear stress is focused along one plane, and that usually results in like a slip failure. You can see that on faults in landslides. Like you're you don't have to be in rock. You can be in clay and embankment slides, and that's but still a. Shear but I also strain. think too, shear like stress. like the the shear like too at depth, like you get like the sigmoidal. That's a shear stress. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. you get the that S shape. That yeah, but that's a strain that yeah. it produced a strain, and that's why it changed. And so you have that that from the shear stress. Yeah, and that that can be a ductile. Yes, ductile ductile stress ductile deformation. So you have three types of deformation: elastic. That means what we talked about this before the episode that you can have reversible stress or reversible strain. So it can go back to its original form. Yes, your ductile is it's not going to go back, and that's kind of what you're talking about that you had a poor fibroblast and then you see the shadows right of, yeah and that's going to cause that that's an irreversible strain it's like that if you have enough of that you're going to create fractures 
Correct. And so there, it the question is a difficult one because you don't have to differentiate. Shear is in the category of stress. And that with enough of that, you can have deformation. That's my short answer-ish. Do you have any you want to add? No. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, then. Carly's quiet. She's very Carly. Because I think she's, she's anticipating something. She's quiet, Carly, tonight. I, no, I'm not. She's just a, a beef, quiet, quiet, quiet. Stop. Stop. A beefy. Quiet. Beefy. She's quiet beefy. Oh, no. We will not be alive after this episode. No. <laughs> really will she will pull you if, if her you. dad hears this. Oh, Jesus God, man. We're not really like this. Yes, we are. Okay. <laughs> that is a lot. <laughs> vile man horse. No, yes. no. I'm a violent man horse. Yes. Yeah. He's so cool. Nay. Come back. I'm nay. Just like, I just. Nay. Nay. Okay. <laughs> so that was our. Um, we. Okay. All right. So follow ups, Brian. Okay. Do you think a guy would want to kiss me like this? Uh, yes. Maybe. Perhaps. Please try tomorrow at school. <laughs> you don't wear that at work tomorrow. I'm disappointed in you. I tried these <gasps> on at work. <laughs> I should come work at the school tomorrow. Hey, South is, I think, hiring. I'm not. Oh, okay. Just saying, if you want to be. A... Is there going to be another Jeopardy before the final? No. Um, this is, you like... have, what, you're giving a final tomorrow? No, on Thursday. What are you doing tomorrow? Oh. I don't know nothing. I should come up there. I want to sit through a class. I haven't. Okay. I'm not going to say anything. You're not? You can just... Come on Tuesday. No, Tuesday I'm done with classes. Tomorrow. I'm doing... Oh, tomorrow's like outer space. I don't know what I'm doing tomorrow. Okay. We'll figure it out. Okay. Well, All right. It's, we'll it's 8 a.m., <laughs> sir. Okay. You're going to get up at 8. Be there or be square because you're not going to be around. We haven't done one of these in a while, so... Oh, shit. <laughs> a new news. So, Brian... Yes. I, I saw this article and it just reminded me of you. It screams you. It says, this is our news. And this is the the, the title of our news article is after sex, <laughs> female spiders <laughs> eat their mates. Oh, male spiders are learning how to catapult away. <laughs> so, oh. so scientists, right. They've discovered recently that a new way that male spiders avoid being eaten after sex. And that is by you guessed it catapulting away. Right, so after mating some species of female spiders, they kill and eat their partners. But the catapulting spiders are showing a new will to live, according to the, the peer-reviewed published in The Biology <laughs> on Monday. So, right, when I read this, this is what, what I was just like the words that you use. So, they're, right, uh, so some males can induce acquiescence in their female partners, for example, <laughs> knock her out to escape. Oh. <laughs> and others tie the females up with silk and then others coming bearing gifts like a silk wrapped prey item to presumably occupy wow. the, the female that they... pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> but according to the study that the male spiders rely on this inner hydraulic mechanism in their legs to quickly get away because normally they would just be eaten like right that's what uh, yeah. they've done so what they've seen over time is that um, now about 9 and 10 spiders do this <laughs> why did you think of me because you are the pervy oh pervy, yeah i am the pervy animal guy you're the pervy animal guy <laughs> that is an awful i have to make a shirt of that i'd get arrested pervy <laughs> i didn't so that's something outside the apartment last night so remember i told you there were all the cops and stuff yes yes there were then like 12 when i got home yeah and then like gunshots in oh. the apartment and so, like, they, like, and Your they had helicopters. Complex? Yeah. And so, pretty sure that someone had already killed someone, and then maybe or not, there was 
a little gunfight with the cops. I don't know, but they had like forensic units and all sorts of things. So did they in. do the forensic geology? Mm, probably not, but they should have. Oh. I could have. I could. We could have helped. I could have called. Your uh, your mustache is. You were booze. You were boozing though. I wasn't. <laughs> I had three drinks last night. Oh. I only had one. All right. Well, that okay, wraps sorry. it up. No, that that's perfect. All right. So we're finally to the the beef. The beef. Of our uh, episode. Yeah. We already got one beef here. <laughs> I don't even know what that means, really. Like, what is that beefy? A, beefy's a good thing, right? It's a beefy burger. Yeah. It, burgers are made of beef. Yeah. 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 Okay. So it uh it took us a bit to get to some of these questions and we we definitely apologize. Yeah, but I think this is going to be really be a, a great episode for the the season 4 finale. Yeah, yeah. Finale. Yeah, definitely. So I figured we could paraphrase the questions we will feature today and credit the inquisitor. Yeah. The first one has been asked by quite a few people, but most recently Lauren reached out on the subject. Uh Ooh. they stated that they are attending Texas A&M University where they are studying geology. They mentioned how overwhelmingly large and broad the world of geoscience is. They're like my shoulders. <laughs> For a student, <laughs> this can be intimidating. <laughs> especially as you approach graduation and are looking for your first job outside of school. Yeah, so what, basically, what are we going to do with our lives? So the main question that Lauren asked is, what careers in geoscience, geoscience. are viable and how does a yes. young geologist figure out what they want to do with their lives? Well, I can't pretend to know exactly what I'm doing with my life. I still don't know. <laughs> I still ask you yeah. every day. I'm like, make good decisions, Brian. Yeah, I and I don't usually. But, but I, I think we can certainly give some examples of viable, exciting career paths yeah. in geology and geoscience. So first off, you can always teach. I'd say a good hey. geologist, though, should specialize, but you know, you should try and keep as many skills from multiple sub-disciplines as possible. Yep. You want to have as many arrows in your quiver as possible. Yeah. Um, Look at you. Yeah, yeah. Boing. Well, okay, let's... That, the, the teaching <laughs> discussion, the teacher... I'm not going to talk about my quiver, guys. Yeah. I'm not going to oh do that. God. Ooh, it makes me quiver. <laughs> your quiver makes me quiver. Well, anyway, so high schools uh, up to universities higher geologist yeah um, but that could mean longer time spent in school yeah. uh, james you're the professor you're the phd man why don't you chime in all right so james's remarks <laughs> words papers rock dirt a little education never hurt papers words dirt rocks learning new things never stops uh, wow i wrote that poem so good just right yeah. <laughs> right Publish before that'll right be before. your <laughs> Put that in your dissertation. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm going to do. Thanks to myself. Words, paper, rocks, dirt. A little education yeah. never hurt. Yep. So we will try and introduce bio. God dang. No, okay. Okay, let me just stop. Okay, so like, yeah. Okay, so you became very specialized and yeah. I became, I feel like more generalized. So I did get up to master's degree and I started a PhD in yeah. geology. So I mean, I, but I did, I was focused on petroleum geology in my master's program and I did more of the geophysics that we'll talk about a little bit down on. So I don't know. I mean, I, it, it's first you got to fall in love with geology, but then yeah, it's kind absolutely. of like, where does the winds take you? It's like Aeolian deposits. It's, yeah. And, it, and it's in, I'll, I'll say, you know, specializing is, is good. <laughs> um, sorry, but, but you, if you, if you only pursue that specialization, <laughs> then you can lose, you can forget some of your skills that you already obtained. And right. so then you're like, oh man, I haven't even thought of that in 10 years. You know, you don't want to go, you don't want to be in that situation. So, you know, you, you started geology for a reason, specialize, find excitement in that career path, Yeah. but don't forget your first love, why you got into geology. I don't know what it is. For me, it was igneous processes and minerals and mineralology, but um, yeah. <laughs> 
That was mine but, too. Yeah, what it was. We were the nerds. We like, were the we, nerds. We really were. But well, obviously, we're the ones doing a geology podcast. Like, but that's just it. like you. You can never say that one subdiscipline of geology is more important. You can use all of them. Well, no, I because well, I used to say like, hey, sedimentology yeah. is uh, ridiculous, and and but now it's all I do, and it's actually what I love the most. Yeah, but that's um, but within sedimentology, you need to do provenance studies, and that's where petrology, mineralogy can come back into play well it's all it's and all structure and geomorphology you know you, you, it's never just one hat that you wear no no and i remember so like i got so focused in the the petroleum geologies and all that stuff like when i took a step back out and i first started teaching i was like holy <laughs> fuck there was just so much yeah and i was like oh my god there's so much that like just the introductory course that taught us that like but you can really see now you know like 10 years later you know continuously studying like it it lays the foundation now that i can look and appreciate a lot of the things Absolutely. that you see now that's a good thing i recommend a reread of your intro geology textbook once every year two years i don't know just yeah. do it and drink some whiskey that's call what I'm someone doing. and talk about it no because it, it, you it appreciate does. it differently yeah, you much. Yeah, I will say that very much so. So no, no, no. <laughs> listen, listen here. Oh, you've been bolded. No, no, no. That's the owl. Oh, yeah. I'm sorting the stone. She's, you, you, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Get a little bolder. As <laughs> <laughs> a geology pun. Okay. You can't top that. I put in a little of those here and there, but they were so, they're not that funny. Go ahead. Okay. We will try and introduce some viable career choices in the geoscience world. Let me rephrase. We will quickly introduce them and where one might work if they pursued any given discipline. Yeah. Upfront, geology can be a fairly lucrative career path for a scientist. The median annual wage for geoscientists was $83,680 in May 2021. Dang. This Dang. spans all industries and experience levels. I would not expect that fresh out of college, but if you're just a little patient, you can reach the salary vicinity fairly quickly. Uh, now for the geoscientist introductions. First up is the... Oh. Engineering geologist. Engineering geologists, they can cover quite a bit of ground. They can work for government agencies, like what I do, uh, or <laughs> private consultant firms. They cover the geotechnical realm as well. They assist with logging soils and rocks as a field geologist. They can evaluate and assess risk of major infrastructure using geotechnical instrumentation. Um, they evaluate landslides, earthquakes, etc. Basically, an engineering geologist, they have the responsibility of accurately characterizing subsurface conditions and geologic elements and processes, and they want to make sure that those are treated adequately by a design remediation a risk analysis or a construction team. And the risk analysis team is like the real heavy thing right now, especially in my agency. And so that's the my my technical goal on like the risk cadre is engineering geologists. What? It's fun, but it's also like, why'd you have to put engineering in my title? Sorry, won't go there. But um, Whoa. yeah, you usually need, we already went on that, <laughs> went the Jason episode, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, he always gets mad. He's like, yeah. I noticed you haven't invited me back on another episode. I'm like, hey, we, we dude. Just ask. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So for an engineering geologist to be one, you usually need a minimum of a, a bachelor's of science in geology to well, start out. BS. Yeah, it is BS. But you should quickly work towards your PG or your certified engineering geologist license and be because basically you're doing grunt work until you gain those. Yeah. Grunt so you're a, you're a field mouse, field rat. Yeah. Lab mouse, lab yeah. rat, field. Brian the field mouse. You're an office mouse. Yeah. Yeah. Gerbil. 
Gerbil. Next up on our list is there's paleoseismology. So a paleoseismologist, they probably wear multiple hats, but work in private and government agencies. So they try and determine the probability... <laughs> And recurrence interval of active faults. So there's state and federal risk assessment agencies and land developers are going to be the big employers in these types of geologists. And to get started here in these fields, you're probably going to need a uh, master's of science in geology or earth environmental science because it's all the same thing and uh, would be preferred most likely. And then working towards your PG. What's PG? Professional geoscientist. Oh, that's I can it's show all me parental mine. guidance. Yeah, so you want to show me will yours? You show, will you show me yours? I'll, I will. I think waiting. that's PG-13. Yeah. That's about season. the age. I have a stamp and I've never used it. I should stamp something. What would I stamp? <laughs> <laughs> I'll stamp your ass, James. That's <laughs> My name would be this on your mine. ass. This is mine. Mine. <laughs> it's not like you haven't had it before, Brian. I assessed um, this um, ass. Okay, go on. <laughs> Geomorphologists. Yeah. So these guys are uh, big and up and big and up. <laughs> big and up. <laughs> big up and coming profession. So they're going to study how our land is morphed or changed. It's and, morphing time. And are employed majorly by government agencies. And water authority associations. Flu. <laughs> What's the noise for fluvial? Oh, yeah. Fluvial. Colluvial. <laughs> um, geomorphologists are becoming increasingly important as climate changes and some river systems see higher and more frequent flooding. Usually, EM. Usually, muscles in geology is required at a minimum. <laughs> 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 but Brian, you might be the exception. Yeah. And so, <laughs> oh no. Yeah, you're right. I haven't finished my master's yet. I need to go back. Oh, but yeah, that, that yeah, I want to bring yeah, up the PG yeah. again because you really need that to have that collateral almost or leverage to do that kind of work because it ties into a lot of risk and projection of what decisions are going to be made. So my agency let me start to work on paleo flood and geomorphology projects. But you have to put your time in and you got to gain major work experience before you can get to that level. So yeah, I would agree with that. A yeah. PG is like a test or it's additional schooling, it's certification. It's a test and licensure. Like yeah, it's, it's from the state it's board. It's a state, so you're like yeah. licensed in the state. So you do your bachelor's and then you study and you take your PG. You GIT. Then you, you got to have five years somebody. for five years. Yes. Yeah, so, and then you take your PG. All right. So... Next up, we have climate and atmospheric scientists. These research scientists are a big deal right now, too. The The median pay is around $94,570 hairs. Dang. Dang. So, however, there were only uh, 10,700 jobs in 2020. A couple of years ago, uh, USGS started hiring numerous geologists that studied climate change. Mm -hmm. And one job in particular that was really cool was the, the main focus was determining oxygen isotope changes in ore body, rinds, and formations that informed the climate at the time of formation. Dang. So, dang. Some of this fits into isotopic geochemistry territory, but I think we would all agree that geologists should learn multiple skills, like we've been already saying. Saying five times. Yeah, so the this career path almost always requires a FUD and decades of work experience and tons of publications under your belts. FUD. FUD. It FUD. translates to doctorate. Yeah. I on yeah, <laughs> it's so fun. Environmental scientists. So ugh, these 
are subspecies of geologists, <laughs> and they earn up to $76,530 per year with a bachelor's degree. BS. Often they have a different schooling program, but it overlaps with geology majors. Dang. They work in Dang. all sectors of the industry. You can start at a firm as an intern or fresh out of college with a BS. You would likely spend your time reading, writing reports, <laughs> or if you're lucky, you would be on the field examining materials being drilled. EPA is a huge employer in this, but USGS, <laughs> US Army Corps of Engineers, <laughs> and consultant firms are where the really accessible jobs are at, especially the latter of these. Be prepared to work around some sketchy chemicals coming out of the ground at cleanup sites yeah uh next up the mining geologist boom, Whoa. boom. this is That's actually what i really voice. wanted to do when i started oh um oh. yeah yes because i wanted to be a dwarf like mining oh, in yeah. moria you know um yes exactly so i'll bring that up because to start things off here i'd like for you guys to go back if you haven't already especially go listen to our episodes i think it was season one right two season two no maybe one it no it one. was one it was one because yeah. we did 15 episodes that season yeah but we did uh coney island baby and yeah. the big lie two separate episodes uh but there's some insight there into some of the ethical issues revolving around a career like this mm. but i always thought it would be really fun to do this um not to be unethical but to uh <laughs> to to do <laughs> to be a mining geologist uh, <laughs> oh god <laughs> Usually this would be a mine developer hiring you or a subcontractor to classify and determine economic viability and quality of, your, of oh. uh, a mining assay. Well, yeah. And that's, I mean, I, I think that you would really get to see some freaking amazing mineral uh, minerals and formations doing this type of works. As you this, you'd have to go into a mine? Sometimes, but, but it depends. You can have open pit mining or you can be drilling, um, wow, like coring to find out, like you, you don't want to start mm. um, yeah. blasting. Yeah. You don't want to blast into before you <laughs> poke. You yeah. You want to poke first, so you want to penetrate that with coring sense. deep. And then if uh. it's worth it, then you blast. Yeah. <laughs> Keep going. <laughs> and then when you blast, mm. then you wash up and then you pull everything out. Wow. <laughs> well, I don't pull out. I mean you gotta eventually. <laughs> wow. Hey. Mining shell just sounds awesome. <laughs> Hey, How does this hey. happen? It's me. <laughs> so I went to UTA Thursday. Yeah. What did you do there? My friend got an award. Wow. Yeah. So. What? What kind of in award? the geology department? No. Oh. But um, she got a uh, Cola Scholar Cola Scholar Award. Cola. Um, like College of Language Arts. Oh. In the TESOL. <laughs> we were thinking something else. We were. I don't know. No, not we were. You were. Sorry, I won't say what it is. Cola. So we were around like goddamn um, leader of cola, a science building. Yeah, there were like labs and everything. Yeah. And so I, I totally myself not Wait, under. Wait, I saw this. Yeah, that was the chemistry building. Yeah, yeah. It, it was like science. Is that that and, new building that they built? It's yeah. not new, but it's um, they have a new lab in there, and they have new mm -hmm. mass specs, mm -hmm. and they are beautiful. So I like stood out. I literally stood outside and was like, "Are there any geologists? Oh god, any geologists here?" <laughs> tried to kill you. <laughs> a guy turned around and looked at me. <laughs> <laughs> Just looked at you. He, he was like, he "I'm chuckled. not admitting." He chuckled a bit. Oh yeah, of course they. Like no one takes us seriously, but we use all of the other disciplines 
Yeah, that's what's what bullshit we do. about it. Yeah, it's yeah. so weird. I don't get it. You've been bolded. Oh, I thought it was purple. You're not purple. You're blue. Oh, yeah. Did you even say your line? Yeah, I did. I said you would probably get to see some amazing <laughs> minerals and formations. Oh, is that when I said, no, you did it. Okay. I think you could probably start in this career with a BS, but to do the real deal work, you'd need to pay your dues and do a lot of grunt work first. And mm. some of that, you know, it might mean <laughs> a master's so you, uh, or uh, uh, a doctorate. Uh, um, some work. government uh, agencies, USGS. <laughs> hire, hire mining geologists as well, but that's probably a regulatory position. And then as time go by, we see hydrogeologists. Ah. So the hydrogeologist is increasingly becoming more important. So these folks characterize how water gets into the ground, so recharge, and how it flows through the subsurface, through aquifers, and how it interacts with the surrounding soil and rock. So the geologies. And they, they help us with our drinking water supplies and irrigation, and they study how it impacts ecology, and they characterize pollution and offer cleanup solutions. They can also tap into geothermal energy through groundwater-based heat pumping. And you find these oh. jobs in the government <laughs> and consultant firms at all skill level sets. And this would uh, something to really consider if that sparks your interest, if you will. Uh, and we need these people desperately. We do. We do. Every day. All day. I just think to even the groundwater, how the just the subsurface of you have like the like a karsticky kind of limestone and yeah. septic tanks near it, and how it doesn't have enough time to filter. Oh yeah. So you basically could be contaminating people's well water. Well yeah, do do. Yeah, exactly. But even if you have like a cattle farm mm -hmm. um, upgrading and then you have recharge, and you're then the karstic, it goes it goes through the karst, and it's going to come out somewhere. Yeah. And that might be into someone's nice drinking water aquifer. And so there, that's a big problem, especially in like states like Arkansas, Missouri. Um, you have a lot of cattle farms, but then you have really karstic dolomites and limestone formations. So they're yep. needed. It's we, we need to know, you know, we do. Yeah, we do. OK, well, um, next up in the geology fight to save the earth and to make you monies is the volcanologist. So cool. Yeah. Uh, volcanologists, they collect data about volcanic activity and then study these findings. They don't just throw them away. <laughs> they actually study them. But typically what? they'll travel. <laughs> I was like, it seemed redundant. It was funny. I liked it. Typically they'll travel to a location where a dormant or active volcano resides to collect samples. Then they examine the data in a lab, usually for, you know, one of three purposes to understand why volcanoes behave the way they do to understand how volcanoes work and then predict future eruptions for the safety of local communities. Some will also study the geologic history of a particular volcano. Yeah, right. And, and I do think this is the most dangerous of all. <laughs> this is like one of the most dangerous jobs. So like volcanologists, they yeah. do not live long and prosper. No. Is that true? I don't know. No, they, it is one of the most dangerous jobs. Like there, so whenever the yeah, the what do they call it? The do I the the husband and wife vulcan, volcanologist, and then the the pyroclastic flow. Oh them yeah, when they're yeah. Studying it, but not only that, like you're exposed to all sorts of toxic fumes, mm. yeah. like when you're out there, and you you should be in all your 
hazmat glory. I don't know what PPE that a volcanologist needs, but I highly doubt they're out there with just a Indiana Jones hat, you know, like they have some sort of breathing apparatus. Yeah. 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 And then depending on that place of employment, some volcanologists may also teach private classes or the public about the importance of volcanoes. So typically volcanologists, they split their work between conducting field work and working in a laboratory. And then during field work, scientists may be required to venture to exotic or isolated islands where active Mm. and dormant volcanoes reside. And then they must collect various samples and data generally in an outdoors areas. All right. Y'all ready for a fun fact? Fun Fun facts. facts. (laughs) Volcanologists who fall under the broader BLS category of geoscientists earned a median salary of $93,580 as of May 2020, with the highest 10% earning around $201,000. Dang. 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 They earn money. (laughs) They earn lots of money. (laughs) 200,000s monies. Yes. Yeah. And lowest 10%. Earning around $51,890. So specific. But but you probably need a PhD. So you've been in school for a long ass time. Are you ready, James, to go on your your dream? Okay, so Uh then on to oil and gas careers. Okay, so this was my dream job. I'm going to rephrase that because I don't necessarily dream about working because I feel like we don't ever need to say this is my dream job because don't ever dream about working. Like, well, I don't know. No. In geology, Mm-mm. work is a nope. weird word. No, don't. It's, geology is a passion and a career. Yep. But like sometimes Lauren's like, man, you're working so much like or whatever. And I'm like, yeah, but I love this. Like, yeah. But I'm, I'm learning. Just, but as a kid who like, oh, what's your what do you what's your dream job? What do you want to do sure. when you grow up? Yeah. That's what I'm saying. And a lot of these people that we're talking to are kids in our eyes. (laughs) 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 Dude, he looks so serious. He looks very angry. You look like you could like pull a fast one on us at any moment. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, oil and gas (laughs) Gas career. So, okay, so this was my dream job. And not that I dream about working, but as a career, I wanted to be an explorational geophysicist so Mm -hmm. if anyone knows anyone out there that is looking for an explorational geophysicist holla at you boys so a little bit about this so exploration geophysicist it's a applied branch of geophysics and economic geology which uses physical methods such as your seismic gravitational magnetic electrical and electromagnetic at the surface of the earth to measure the physical properties and really the subsurface properties along with anomalies in those properties. Yeah, it's most often used to detect or infer the presence and position of economically useful geological deposits. Dang, such, such as, as oils and oh yeah, dang. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I get excited. <laughs> such as ore minerals, fossil fuels, and other hydrocarbons, geothermal reservoirs, and groundwater reservoirs. Dang. Exploration geophysics can be used to directly detect the target-style mineralization um, via measuring its physical properties directly. Yeah, correct. Uh, For example, you would measure the density contrast differences between the dense iron core and the lighter silicate host rock. Or you may measure the electrical (laughs) conductivity contrast between conductive sulfide minerals and the resistive silicate host rock. Yes. 
Yes. Right. Oh, I thought you were still reading. Okay, seismic <laughs> reflection. So this is what I did. Uh, so the, the seismic reflection and refraction techniques are the most widely used geophysical technique in hydrocarbon exploration, which is what I did for my thesis. I did a integrated interpretation using seismic gravity and uh, magnetics. So they're, they're used to map the subsurface distribution of the stratigraphy and its structure, which can be used to delineate potential hydrocarbon accumulations, both stratigraphic and structural deposits or traps. And well logging is another widely used technique as it's provided necessary high resolution information about the rock and fluid properties in a vertical selection, although they are limited in the aerial. This limitation in aerial extent is the reason why seismic reflection techniques are so popular. They provide a method for interpolating and extrapolating well log information over a, a much larger area. Yeah, right. And then the, the gravity and magnetics are also used with considerable frequency in oil and gas exploration. And this can be used mm -hmm. to determine the geometry and depth of cover geologic structures, including uplift, subsiding basins, faults, folds, igneous intrusions, and salt diapirs. Due to the, their unique density or magnetic susceptibility signatures compared to the surrounding rocks, the latter is particularly useful for metallic ores. Remote sensing techniques, specifically hyperspectral imaging, have been used to detect hydrocarbon micro seepages. Mm, seepages. Micro seepages. Seepages. Mm, that's what I'm used to. I love that. Um... <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Have been used to detect hydrocarbon <laughs> micro seepages using the spectral signature of geochemically altered soils and vegetation. Specifically at C2 methods are used. You have your marine seismic reflection and electromagnetic seabed logging. Marine magnetotellurics or marine controlled source electromagnetics, they can provide pseudo direct detection of hydrocarbons by detecting resistivity changes over geologic traps. These are signaled by a seismic survey. It's a trap. <laughs> it is a trap. Yeah, there are many others. We've just penetrated <laughs> the surface here. Yeah. Some others that <laughs> some others that came to mind are isotope uh, geochemists, woo. planetary well, geologists, <laughs> and the widening That's out of this world. <laughs> the widening field of data science. Uh, yeah. Fun facts: What I fun my, facts. My, my end game you, is to be a planetary geologist because Mars. I want to do paleo flood studies and isotope geochemic studies mm -hmm. on Mars. That's NASA is hiring people right now. Oh. I'm not qualified yet. I need some time, but that's my end goal. Whoa! What? That'd be cool. Yeah. Data or data? The data, data suggests. Data. data. Data, data. Right. So, oh, um, so that was our first topic. Thank you uh, very much, Lauren, for asking that question. Our next question, um, uh, um, Colin. Uh, Colin. Uh, 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 our next question comes from Colin, and he says he's a new listener from Michigan, and he recently made the decision to finally go to college, and he chose geology as the major. Dang. Um, he's wondering if we could do an episode. Sorry, we're not going to do a whole episode on this but actually maybe we kind of we've touched on it before but we're going to answer the question his question is about what rocks and minerals you would typically find around groundwater and freshwater and he's asking this because he's living around the great lakes in michigan but he also had a side note he's in a band it's a math core band. I, I actually listened to their LP today. Nice. That's titled uh, Sleeping Dogs, but his band's called Dead Hour Noise. I actually really enjoyed it. It was more of like a more technical Norma Jean or no, the Chariot. The vocals were more Chariot to me, but then you had like um, a hike style math rock kind of guitar slurry going on. It was really cool. I highly recommend listening to it. Thanks, Colin. We're going to try to answer your question. Yes, yes, we are. <laughs> okay, so to start, 
chart this right. So it's going to depend on water chemistry, the country rock, water temperature, and depth. So water has to be super saturated in the particular cations, and this allows for the minerals to precipitate out while the water remains. <laughs> Highly silicious waters in both cold and hot groundwater can precipitate chert and quartz crystals. For instance, Blakely Mountain Springs Geochem Study Lamb and Frameth 2018. Uh, water chemistry and pH changes as it interacts with different lithologies in the subsurface. You look, Carly, look at this cocky son of a bitch siding. Oh, his, I'm looking at him. He's siding himself on his own podcast. Why would I not? Dang. 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 But, but on the other end of the spectrum, what to Brian was saying in his Lamb and Framuth paper mm. uh, that in cold groundwater, calcite is precipitated like in the cavern and karst type of deposits, which you should listen to our previous speleology oh. special and the blowing caves. I love that. Water. I love that episode. Yeah, there was it was a good one. All right, bros. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Take it from here, I can. <laughs> it's so long. <laughs> I hope you appreciate everything we did today. This is good. This, this is great. a good last minute thing. While you were driving over here. <laughs> Hydrothermal is where the beauties are born. But it is going to depend on the region and country rock gradient and where the heated water flow path is. Maybe in a future episode, we can dive deep into some sulfides. Evaporites can exist in karstic areas once they are abandoned by groundwater. These can also be called <laughs> ephemeral underground streams. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, I'm going to go so slow. <laughs> Sulfates you can find. <laughs> that's Yoda. That's my Yoda. Good. Gypsum. <laughs> um. And, and <laughs> anhydrite. 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 Barite. Celestite, strontian strontianite, etc. Oh my god! <laughs> Jesus. You can just call me James. It's, well, it is Sunday, so I'll accept Jesus. This is my last and final season <laughs> finale. <laughs> Mineralogical and chemical composition of sediments offer us an opportunity to investigate hydrodynamic processes during transport and deposition. But our knowledge on how detrital minerals are segregated by size density and size shape, sorting into distinct size classes by different transport modes, You're such is, a size queen. is still limited yeah, really. <laughs> to all the boys. Um, because diverse chemical elements are preferentially contained in minerals with different density or shape, e.g. <laughs> this guy and this guy. <laughs> Rubidium. 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 Cesium. Cesium. And slow settling platy mica. Platy. Platy. Fuck y'all. Man, <laughs> I swear to God. <laughs> Zirconium? Yeah. Go on. You know it. Ah. Uh, uh. 
In fast-settling, dense zircon, mm. hydrodynamic processes that control mineralogical variability control chemical variability as well. By quantifying size density, shape relationships among detrital minerals entrained on the channel bed, we can assess hydrodynamic impact on mineralogical and thus chemical composition <laughs> of bed load sands. Love it. <laughs> but in order to do this... We must know how various chemical elements. God. Y'all are the worst. Dang. But in order to do this, we must know how various chemical elements. Can y'all just let me get through it? Can I just get through it? A deeper understanding of such aspects is needed to correctly calculate relative contributions from multiple sediment sources and thus to make accurate estimates of detrital fluxes, sediment budgets, and erosion rates based on mineralogical or chemical composition of sediments. Mineralogical and chemical scrutiny of an... Mineralogical and chemical scrutiny of an active fluvio-deltaic system allows us to constrain how and to what extent sediment composition is modified physically and chemically during transfer from detrital sources to depositional sinks, a fundamental requisite to make accurate quantitative provenance diagnoses. Good point. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Unraveling mineral mineralogical fractionation <laughs> and deltaic... In deltaic? Deltaic. Deltaic environments is specifically needed to compare the composition of fluvial and turbidite deposits. Turbidite? Yes. Okay. And thus to unambiguously trace detrital signatures from mountain belts to ocean floors. Huh. Um, do y'all know what the Iranian mafia is? No. Okay. Tell us after you're done. Oh, I won't need to tell you. Someone will tell you, though. The same knowledge is crucial for provenance analysis of ancient sandstone wedges and may eventually enable us to unravel the full record of paleotectonic and paleoclimatic events huh. stored in sedimentary archives. Yeah, no, I understand that. Yeah. Practical applications of economic interest include a better understanding of detrital fluxes Soil erosion, lifetime of reservoirs, mechanisms of placer formation, and mm. prospecting of sedimentary ore deposits. <laughs> so, if that didn't make any sense to you, you, you can email me. But yeah, so basically that's that. You got anything you'd like to add? Oh. Well, Colin, uh, <laughs> hopefully so you got a kick out of that. We did. Colin got his answer if he would listen to James and I, and that's it. That was good. No, that was we got we. You know, that was a really good summary of provenance studies and why they're important and what to expect, especially the trace elements. I just forgot I had. She's gonna pull out a middle finger. Ruined it. I ruined it. No, you sounded really good. That, yeah. Like you were. It was great. Like a geologist. <sighs> Whew. Okay. Man. Topic three. Um, so, Richard. I think before we go any further, we should do a little beach cleanup talky talk. <laughs> 
And then that brings us into a little bit of mineral. Mineral minutes. Mineral. Mineral. Mineral minutes. Minerals. All right, this week's Mineral Min is brought to you by the hydrated phosphorurinolite Duendite. Duendite's chemical <laughs> formula is H2 lead 3 urinal 2 phosphate 404 12 water atoms originally assumed to be <laughs> lead urinal 2 Three. No, urinal three, phosphate two, and two hydroxides with three water atoms. Thanks for that clarification, Mr. Baggins. You're welcome. Duendite. Duendite? Duendite. Duendite. Um, it's nice and tight. Ooh. Is canary to yellow in color and has a waxy to resinous luster. Duendite is a rare secondary mineral derived from the alteration of uranite or predecessor secondary mineral uranium minerals. Duendite has a specific gravity of 5.03 grams centimeters squared measured and 5.12 grams centimeters cubed. I said squared before. Grams per cubic centimeter? Yeah. Okay. You like that one better? I do. Okay, calculated. Duendite, named by Alfred Schulp <laughs> in 1922 to honor the memory of Dr. Jean, Jean de Wint. Oh, that's oh. my birthday. Oh, is it? I'm not Seven old. June. Yeah, June. I'm a vampire. Oh. <laughs> what does that mean? June 7th, 1876. Aust, Belgium. August 9th. <laughs> to August 9th. This is uh, when he died. Oh, um, my. 1899. Not very long. Belgian geologist student at the Ghent University who died from accidentally drowning in Tonganyika oh, Lake. So sad. So bad. Duendite has a perfect cleavage on the 100 <laughs> plane. No. So Duendite is biaxially negative with a 2V angle measured between 70 and 90 degrees. Duendite's type locality is <laughs> Shink. I'm about to shank y'all. Um, Olby mine. Casalo mine. Shinko. Shinko. Boy. Cambove. District. Hot. Hot Katanga. Dominican Republic. Congo. I apologize to. Yeah. So, doing tight is orthorhombic dipyramidal crystal class. Stay tuned for next season's mineral series, the. I love gold series. Hell yeah. yeah. Mineral minutes. Okay. Mineral. So then this brings us on to on the back half we'll do the the question three. We'll okay. do a little bit of or no, how about you tell us your story now, Carly? Let's do the Carly surprise. Ooh. Y'all ready? Mm. Mm. Are y'all familiar with if you give a mouse a cookie? Yes. No. So basically if you give a mouse a cookie is a children's book. Okay. And there's a mouse, and it's like, if you give a mouse a cookie, he'll want a glass of milk. Yeah. So if, it's just you keep giving if something. If you give right. him a glass of milk, he'll need a napkin to wipe. Do you see where I'm going with this? I, I do. Yeah. It's like the giving tree. Uh-oh. When you give a colluvial a geology <laughs> fact. Are y'all ready? By yes. Colluvial Carly. Are these okay. hand-drawn? Oh, these are hand-drawn. We need to... You'll you'll know that they're hand-drawn in a second. No, but that's really good. Yeah, it is. Okay, so I'm not finished with it illustration-wise, but story-wise I am. 
stories by Carly. Not to like suck my own coochie or anything, but I'm so pretty. I'm just really fucking pretty. Can you see that well? Stories by Carly. When you give a colluvial, a geology fact by colluvial Carly. If you give a Carly <laughs> a geology fact, she will want to take a picture. When you take a... <laughs> When you take a picture on, with Carly, she will want to observe your lecture. When Carly observes your lecture, she will write notes with pen and paper. <laughs> After your lecture, Carly will want more geology facts, so you ask her to join your podcast. When Carly joins your podcast, at first she will be shy, so you give her some whiskey. Mix it with wine and see what happens. Oh. Then she will join you in making jokes about Brian's doo-doo maker. So that's all I have for <laughs> illustrations so far. I didn't know how to illustrate Brian's doo-doo maker. Please don't. Once Carly passes the doo-doo maker test, you introduce Carly to another type of rock. At the rock show, Carly will want to buy a margarita. When Carly buys a margarita, she'll want to buy a t-shirt. When Carly buys a t-shirt... She'll get swindled into buying a record, too. But that's okay. After the concert, Carly will want to wear her new t-shirt to Geology Lab. In Geology Lab, Carly will measure the wind. After Carly measures the wind, you'll want to make jokes about cattle farts. When y'all make jokes about cattle farts, Carly will want to share the jokes with Brian. But Brian will be away doing field work. When Brian is away on field work... Carly will want to make a flat Brian. When Carly makes a flat Brian, flat Brian will need arms. Carly will ask you what kind of arms Brian needs. When you answer T-Rex arms, Carly will start to think about the Mesozoic era. Carly thinks about the... <laughs> when Carly thinks about the Mesozoic era, she'll think about volcanoes. Volcanoes will make Carly think about the mantle, so she will ask you about igneous rocks. When Carly asks about igneous rocks, you give Carly a rock. And chances are, if you give Carly a rock, she'll want a geology fact to go with it. It comes full circle. The end. Yes. Yes. That was so good. That was radical. Amazing. <laughs> Woo. Thank you. Man, that yeah. was so good. That was so good. I'm left you a question. That was amazing. That was really good, Carly. That was so good. We have to make a book, dude. We're gonna we need to get that published whenever. Yes, it, seriously. No, whenever all you when you have you, when you Carly. have all the the drawings done to that. Yeah, I just you know don't how amazing know, that would be. I just don't know how to do the. Then she will join you in making jokes about Brian's doo maker. Please just draw like a I picture of me going like no. this or something. Could you? I'll just, need a reference photo. <laughs> do that oh and now i feel like bad for uh throwing you under the bus there for yeah, a lot you should you should yeah i was like go. i'm gonna hide myself i didn't do that stay see, tuned for you see you see carly's it? first publication yeah maybe. geology that would be your first geological publication yeah, yeah. you're throwing some geology facts incredible fun facts fun facts dude no that was <sighs> where are we starting i don't even know how see, to follow that. i don't know like, I, I feel like let's just go home yeah like, you are home but Right, so I'm not sure how to follow that. That was amazing, <laughs> incredible.
Yes. Um, our third topic or our third question came from Richard. Oh, Richard. Uh, yeah, Richard, who I he's from Texas, I, I guess, because... You guess. It, it must be, right? Ignis. Yeah. He says that he's a Central Texas geology fan, but he recently hiked around West Texas, so the Davis Mountains, Guadalupe Peak, and then the old tin mine in the Franklin Mountains, and he saw a crazy array of rocks and minerals, and he, he was talking about, you know, like, I, he can really classify the major categories like he can divide out granites carbonous shales um and he also tries to define alteration zones where things get interesting but out in west texas um, in southwest texas he was saying that there's a lot of stuff beyond the main categories he really got his ass kicked so we totally get it we would probably get our ass kicked i don't know maybe. But your question is, what are some of the most important concepts and intuitions that we've developed for identifying rocks, minerals out in the field? And what are some of the things you struggle with mix up between certain rocks and minerals? We hope we can answer that. We may digress a bit, but I guess I'll start. <laughs> I'll just, I'll, I'll start. Field geology is never without <laughs> It sure struggles. isn't, Brian. <laughs> it really isn't. Just um, like life, you know? But, you know, I struggle to take my time in the field and you know my initial assumptions can be pretty off so it's because you know what if you assume yes i make an ass out of you and me mm. and then cartleys are born yep that's what happens <laughs> so everyone should do that yeah yeah Aww. well okay so some minerals can look very similar in the field and a quick assumption can cause a misinterpretation of the geologic history of these a region, are true facts or a, even a particular outcrop so i get it like i've seen some of the outcrops out there and it's like what the heck is this yeah you may even be looking at like you know you may think hey this was a volcanic this is an eruption and everything crystallized right here but it might be a <laughs> Do you want to see my impression of an outcrop? Yes, I do. Oh, that was great. But you you may be this looking at you may be looking at like a collapse feature in brecciated lava. So that that happens you, a no, lot. Wait, wait. What did you say? A collapse feature in brecciated lavas. You wouldn't say brecciated. Brecciated. <laughs> Breccia. Brescia. Breccia. Brescia. I don't know. Anyways, but yeah, in West Texas, things get interesting. You have you have lots of little volcanoes, and then you have metamorphism <laughs> that's happening all around. And so that's when things get really dif really difficult, and that's when you get into your metamorphics or pegmatites, if you got those going on. So I think an upfront comment, tip, answer to this question would be, you know, there is a constant need to take your time in the field. You try and understand the problem that you need to solve. If that's just classification, identification of rocks or minerals, you want to take a look at your arsenal of tools that you've learned. Use your notes. Practice prior to the field work. Right. Like, um, and, and, you know, if you don't have to prove everything without any prior knowledge, you can look up pre-existing maps, especially if it's your first time in an area and you're not, you know, getting paid to find something new. I don't know. Use, use other people's work. That's why it's published. That's why it's available for you to use. There's never any, sh any shame in refreshing your memory. Like, right. And then you remember we got that, I guess that message asking to help identify mineral via. Right. Like the, just taking pictures and we're just like, okay, well, like you can try this test try this test right. try this test and yeah. then like it volt ultimately i think what it ended up being was calcite because i was like hey i just remembered like hey put it under uv light and it should glow orange and he's like lo and behold it glows orange yeah. that's how that's hard because you can have long wave and all that stuff and so 
different minerals glow different colors. But yeah, no, but I was just saying, like, yeah. we're not with that specimen. So no. Yeah. But anyways, but we told him, like, uh, I think just he's like, well, how do I get good at this? And we're just like, you just take notes. Like, I would say Absolutely. just take a notepad with you, kind of like what you do, Carly. You have a notepad with you. And if you have questions, right, you write them down. And then you think about them and you try and answer them. Like, just how would you answer this just without any knowledge? And then you start looking at it and then right. you start answering those questions. And then you're like, okay, I can refer back to this and kind of connect the point. That's how you develop any skill, but in geology, it's really important because your memory serves as notes, but if you have some physical notes to yeah. tie back to, that's huge. And I do it really often. I do it consistently in the field work that I do. I don't just go out and wing it. Um, I have... Oh, like, I, like Dr. Winget? Yeah, exactly. Uh, aside like from going through your, your basics on how to identify minerals and rocks... And we, we are going to get into that, but you need to try to understand formation relationships and what geologic setting you're in. So they're like dating. Yeah. And like, or they you know, like, do you have... Are they separated? Uh, it depends. You want to understand formation relationships and what geologic setting you're in. That can help you anticipate the mineral assemblages that you'll yeah, come right. across. But we spoke of refreshers and notes and and trying to remember your your ancient tools you learned. So Carly, why don't you recharge our rocky minds? I'd love to, Brian. Thank you. Yeah. So for those of you who are like me and are just wandering into the field of geology, it can be new information that a rock is different from a mineral. Hmm. So I'd like to start with basic definitions. Okay. Minerals have a crystalline structure and have a chemical composition. Rocks are aggregates of minerals or made of glass. Pretty basic. Yeah. Okay, so then if, like, right, rocks can be just a complete, it can be the same mineral, right? A rock can be made up of the same mineral. So if ice, naturally occurring ice, is could be considered a rock, then would water be considered lava? No. Why? Because lava is... Molten rocks at the surface. No, it's dependent on surface exposure of mag magma. That's what it is. Well, no. So magma it's, it's magma and lava are the same thing. It's just where they're at. It's that's molten exactly rock. what I just said. So it's one is surficial. Mm-hmm. One is a surficial expression. Yeah. So it's dependent on the definition of magma. Okay, so then goes, whenever the magma cools, what happens? Then it turns to rock. Okay, so what happens with water? It turns to basalt. And when water crystallizes, it turns to ice. So those are two completely different things. But, but I'm just saying <laughs> ice is a mineral. Yeah. And you can have a mineral just make up a rock, a okay. single mineral. So that is doesn't mean ice, that lava and water is the ice same a thing. rock. Ice could be considered rock. And then when rocks melt, that's like saying that uh, it's saying that's what? like saying that macritic mud, like calcareous mud is the same thing as water. That's absolutely not the same thing because it has an oversaturation of other elements but it's an igneous rock i'm not because talking about you know what though all water's have, an igneous water rock. water is present in a lot of those all of those so like you have water vapor in magma okay so therefore there's the distinction is one is all water which is water and then water's a, a constituent in the other two that we're talking about now not the same carry on I'm just going <laughs> to disagree with you. Water is lava. No. Lava. Uh, and then aquifers would be considered magma. Haven't they classified lava having certain temp, temp ranges? 
Well, so does water. Yeah, and water can just never. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just giving you food for thought. But anyways, go ahead, Carly. You were saying minerals, important concepts. It's only my shining moment. <laughs> no, that was way earlier when you gave us oh, an yeah. amazing, disrespect <laughs> everywhere, everywhere I go. <laughs> okay, so minerals. Mm -hmm. There are some important concepts and um, intuitions. So I'm going to say two steps, two basic steps. One, list all the details of the mineral that you can identify. Pretty straightforward. Two, compare said details to the details of a known mineral. So Damn. this kind of goes back to what you're saying. Don't be afraid to look at those little books. Absolutely. It's okay. Yeah. It's okay. You have Brian's permission. Yep. Do it. And that's all you need. Okay. So I'm going to list the details you'll want to identify and mention some of the questions I ask myself when determining <laughs> mineral type. No. Yeah, absolutely. Number one, hardness. Oh, How hard do you want it? That's a question you have to ask yourself. <laughs> that's a question you have to ask yourself when you're on the field. Yeah. How hard? Uh, so can it mark? Why is that there? <laughs> that's not supposed to be there. <laughs> can you scratch it with your fingernail? Can you? What does that mean? Sometimes geologists will use also use copper pennies. Well, so now we're talking about taxes and oh, man. education. No, this is to see. Okay. I'm kidding. All right. Yeah, that's a tax, right, that's a tax law joke. Right. <laughs> <laughs> the copper pennies. <laughs> oh, so good. Let's make this a journey. <laughs> yeah. Pick up your bags. Come on. What are we doing? We're going out on the field. Okay. On the okay, field. Okay, grab your bags. Here we go. <laughs> I like that you say on the field. So I always say in the field. It is but in the You're actually on a field. But you're in the field. Yeah. You're on the okay, field. Okay, come on. We're wasting. Oh, yeah, we're, we're on our way. Yep. Let's go. Okay. <laughs> oh, my God. <sighs> Wait for me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. <sighs> hey. Is that a mineral? Uh, I my think breath. so. <laughs> Let's check it out. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So first thing I'm going to do. Put it in your hand. <laughs> I did looking it. I'm going to test this sucker for hardness. <laughs> oh, I want to suck. I'm going to suck the hardness right out of it, Brian. Wait, wait, wait. wait. All right. <laughs> come on. We're in the field. We got to be serious. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's real good. So we're going to test it a mm -hmm. couple of different ways. One. Get out your little our fingernails. 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 Okay, it. so we're gonna use the the quartz and will it scratch our fingernail? No, we're gonna we're gonna take our fingernail to the quartz and scratch it. Like the okay. quartz has got it. Well, we don't know if it's a quartz. Okay, we don't no, know. So we're quartz. gonna but we're gonna take the mineral and we're gonna scratch it against the surface. We're gonna take our nail. You can do either way. It. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Either way. Okay. Yeah. Does that do anything? It scratched my fingernail. It really oh, scratched my scratched the shit out of my fingernail. Okay, what can, what else can we do? I got a copper penny. Oh, yeah, great. Yeah, That'll yeah, work. Yeah. That'll be great. All right. Let's try that. Here you go. Thank you. Ooh. Oh. Oh. Well, okay. uh, I Did just see... I just see some hmm. copper dust yeah. on the okay. mineral. I don't... How about you try using the quartz? I, it put a groove in the, in the copper. Yeah, so... Okay. Whatever that mineral is, it's harder than copper. Might as yeah. well get out Whoa, a... lucky mineral. Anyone got a knife? That's not a knife. <laughs> it, it's not... It's, it's not... It's not... <laughs> Australian. It's not a knife. Knife? That's not a knife. Okay. Well... Wait, do you have a knife or not? I got it right here. Okay, okay. So let's take <laughs> that knife to the mineral. Slash. Okay, um... What do you think, boys? Well, <laughs> why don't you look at the mineral 
and tell me, did it scratch the mineral or is there just dust from the knife? Don't see a thing. I think That's there's dust good, on the knife. Yeah. So I'm thinking that mineral is harder than the knife, mm. which is a, a five, four, four point five steel. All right. What do we have next? So next is color. Well, we have one other thing we could try. Oh, my wiener. <laughs> <laughs> it, this brings up a good point, though. They're really cheap. A window. Um, a piece of quartz crystal with you in the field and then you have a marker at about seven on your hardness scale mm -hmm. so bring one they're like you can buy them for like a dollar three dollars at your local crystal shop and maybe you can inform them about their uh healing abilities i don't know you can always do that and then you know if you're dealing with pegmatites and you got some barrel going on <gasps> You know, you could start to use quartz as, because like once you get to glass, then you have a lot of stuff that can happen after that. My nipples usually get chafed. Yes, exactly. So I recommend bring a, a nice little uh, clear quartz crystal in the field. Yeah. But we haven't described our mineral. What is our mineral that we found? We don't only look at the hardness, right? We can look at color, but mm -hmm. what color is that? It's, um, I would say it's clear. Yeah, adamantine. Well, that would be a luster. Sorry, I'm going down the line. That, so we could talk about that we being could do uh, that. Yeah. vitreous, yeah. glassy. But I know if we're out in the field, like sometimes it can. Yeah, so then we can look to a mineral's luster, and that's going to have to deal with the, the light reflection. So we can, two broad categories, is it metallic or is it non-metallic? Metallic is the... Just what it sounds like, a metally looking surface. It could be submetallic. It kind of gets tricky when you start getting into like the dull, earthy lusters. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like the way that it just looks. But, and then the other one is just non metallic. And then, you know, you can go from there. Is it translucent, transparent, opaque? Yeah. You know, kind of all of that stuff. Right. Here, before you say this first word, I've the, the first show I ever played, whenever, like the, my first show ever, like as an adult as a human being i did this down 183 i went streaking <laughs> did you really yeah oh my just straight up just Whew. right down 183 <laughs> this isn't red but it's supposed to be straight up just <laughs> naked but anyways all right so then we can use <laughs> the streak plate and what we do here is we take a uh ceramic plate tile and we bring a plate to help identify mineral streakage and then the metallic minerals have a colored streak for example hematite will <clears throat> streak red like me during a full moon or after yeah. i play my first show yeah well but i mean <laughs> but so I, I prefer to call it my, my moon blood I, I think this is like <clears throat> that is not a tool i usually bring in the field so make sure you're prepared right like yeah Especially if you're going out there for mineral identity. Because I will say, like, silicate minerals, they typically always streak white. So it's going to be hard to it identify is. any kind of silicate mineral. And those are the most but abundant the, minerals. But the alteration zones, you may, that may be what you're after. And I, I know that was part of the question. So that's where minerals get tricky. And so having some streak plates, like, that could be a really good tool to start separating out things of, yeah, this is a no-go on what this mineral could be or you know, put these in the maybe. Category. And then just to take a step back too, and like just a mineral color too is not a good indication sure. because if you see pyrite where it has the color gold, like it's physical color, looks gold. When you streak it, it looks, I mean, yeah. gray, it's gray, silver. So it's not color. the same no. color. So you can't use <clears throat> always the, the color. Mineral color in general, especially once you get out of the normals, like, like if you were dealing with appetite, good luck if you're <laughs> trying to do color. 
that's you're gonna see all sorts yeah it's because i just get too hungry and i'm just like god dang yeah yeah well so then you come down to like this is if you've gone through your physical tests then you get in a crystal form so um then you get into what crystal system so Mm. we're looking at something right now and i see six definitive sides so I'm going to say we're in the hexagonal crystal system. That could be a lot of things, though. That could be appetite. Could but be. We we did test this against a glass plate, or we were supposed to. Yeah, and, and it scratched that, the the glass plate. Appetite's so, a six, right? So we're ruling appetite out at yeah. this point. But that is there, or is appetite five. It doesn't matter, like six or below. Yeah, because yeah, plagioclase so, is six on the most. Yeah, so appetite would be five. But you have a few minerals that are still in the basic category that could uh, still qualify for that. So you have quartz and then you got um, 7.5. Well, I'm talking zircon and stuff, but topaz. Topaz. Topaz and you got barrel and then you got corundum and diamond on the most. But you have a lot of other minerals that, that this could be. Yeah. So you, you're going to have to depend on crystal system. You got to learn those. That's that's a real deal. But that can still mean that you're going to have multiple suspects for yeah. your minerals. So let's get to cleavage. We're we're pretty good at uh, defining cleavage. We are. I think we're pros. Please send us your cleavage and we will try to determine. No, don't do that. But unless it's an actual mineral, please send us mineral pictures. But no, so cleavage is how minerals break along weak, their weakest planes. Right. But you can have fractures if they won't. So that's a big clue, and your one mineral that is very indicative of not having cleavage would be pyrite quartz. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, conchoidal fracturing. Yes. Or olivine, but you probably wouldn't mix those up. No. So, but yeah. unlike calcite, which has the it has cle- rhombic it, cleavage. Yeah, yeah, and it's it has cleavage. So quartz, even though it has these six flat sides, it's not gonna it's fracture. not gonna break yeah. along those planes. It. It fractures. It's about the weakness in the mineral, not about the crystal structure. So, and um, then right. So then, too, why I said pyrite is because it the way that it forms and it's it's cubic, right? It's cubic. That's the way it grows. But if you were to hit it with a hammer, it it fractures. It doesn't have any weak planes of weakness. Right. And so, like, also, it can be confusing. Like gypsum, it would it can kind of produce a rom shape. But it does not have rhombic cleavage. It has basal cleavage. So it's going to break in just flat. The 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 weak plane is parallel to horizontal. Well, I mean, it does have two. It's just weak in one direction. That's another good point is you may have great cleavage on one plane, like pristine, but really poor, weak cleavage on another. So it may not always break cleanly there. Right. And it's- that's the thing is with, with quartz, you don't have a really strong weak plane that it's going to fracture on so it it creates that kind of cuspate conchoidal fracture right and i also so. think to like uh pli- plagioclase where it has two planes and then on that third plane well i mean it has a little bit more distinct planes than yes. uh than you know than the gypsum but it does on that yeah. third axis right fractures. so so we would look at that we would look at does it break cleanly on a plane time out time out planes planes are, are the they're all right take that book yes let's do this because they they exist in space all right so it's three dimensional all right now put your try to if you were to slice this way slice down and you a, does that 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 wouldn't break easily right mm-hmm. now take it say that's the x plane now turn it to the y plane do it turn it to the y plane 
Now chop it downwards. No, chop it down. That, does, that doesn't. All right, now put it on the Z plane, Brian. Flatten it down. Nope. Yep, there you go. Now slice it. Would you yeah. be able to cut? He's saying it differently. So think of, so the, the grain formed well, like this. You can see it like this. Yeah. So if, but he, we're looking at a Rubik's cube right now. We are. Now it depends. If this mineral had cubic cleavage, yes. then it would break perfectly here, here, okay. here, here, okay. here. You have but three. it may only have like and that's why we have planes like your zero zero one and then this, you have this and this and this are not planes they are planes okay but it's a it's it's but it can so the plane exists all the way through this so it's coming it's I'm just pretending like this is coming at you right mm -hmm. so the this whole plane is going so I can if it's the cleavage it can just keep infinitely breaking along this plane straight down. Then it can break in this plane. Mm -hmm. So it's just like imagine a sheet of paper can exist anywhere in this plane, like this way, bah, and, and it will cut. And then it's, we can cut it this way. So you can this way, this way, and that, that way. way. And so it would break whichever way. And so mm -hmm. you, there's planes called out in this Brave lattice system, and it would have like a three-digit number usually, and it's separated by commas. So you'd have like zero zero one, and that means this plane is. You're not moving up or down or side side, but you're moving this way. And so that's your plane that it it fails. Now, when so, I was writing that bit, I was trying to read that Rocks and Minerals Simon and Schuster book. And I was yeah. like, I don't know what well, the hell so, this is saying. So that's a good thing is like cleavage can be reported on like planes or cleavage commonly can be reported by degrees. And so you have 90 degree cleavage. Yeah, I read that. Uh -huh. That means it breaks 90 degrees and it's straight up and down. But like an amphibole is like 54, 126 or something, 124 and 56. And so it breaks like like that. And so you have these like... It just but that helps you to identify like tourmaline does not break like that. So you can have horn blend or you can have shrill tourmaline. They're both like usually prismatic long elongated crystals and they're both usually in metamorphic rocks. But tourmaline does not have that cleavage signature. And so you would have you wouldn't have these little dashed out breaks in the mineral. You would have more defined the rural shrill. The rural shrill. So that's a really good identifier in the field. When you're getting into metamorphics, you want to know your cleavage angles. That is a lot better than knowing your cleavage on the 1001 plane. Like, you can know that, but know your cleavage angles. That's going to really help. So memorize those and use Hornblend as a, as a great example. That, if you can nail down Hornblend and nail down Hornblend and Augite and look at those and look at the differences. Also look at Tourmaline. Right. You do those three, you're not, you won't care, you won't take care of everything, but those are three black minerals Whoa. that can look the same, but the cleavage is completely different. And so you got to know your cleavage angles. Those okay. can really help you. And um, then I think to uh, speed this along, you can bring with you hydrochloric acid. Absolutely. So that's uh, carbonates. Yep. If that's, that would determine if it's the, the calcium carbonate limestone. I always carry the acid with me. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. I mean, when you're dealing with metamorphic rocks, that's probably won't help that much, but you're going to you need to you want to look for striations or 
or twinning planes, right? Yeah. Those are different. And then magnetic stuff, you want to bring a magnet just in case. But the big thing is, is learn your crystal systems because that's where it would get to. If you didn't bring, if you didn't bring your quartz crystal out there, you need to know, hey, like am I, if I'm in a pegmatite, is this quartz or is this barrel? Barrel's harder than quartz. So if you would have brought your quartz there, you would know that, but you would also know that barrel has a cleavage plane and quartz does not. So. That makes sense, Carly. I hope we we're, we should spend. OK, so next season we're going to do we're going to go heavy on the mineralogy. I'm down. I'm so ready. And we're going to get into that. So let's do petrology and mineralogy. Is that where we're going to start? But that was a season finale. Oh. So unlike... <laughs> My escapades. We're going to go ahead and wrap this up. Yeah. Um, wrap up season four. Oh, yeah. Right? <laughs> we know you don't like to nope. wrap up. But you do wrap. I like to. I like wrap. I guess until next season, we're going to remind you to be cool. Stay tuned. And keep it on, on the, the rocks. rocks. I'm totally I was taking come. a bath <laughs> between the cunt. <laughs> Whoa! Whoa! So <laughs> We're licking our mustaches together. Hey, this is important work right here. <laughs> I'm a giver. <laughs> I give all the shits. <laughs> yep. That's going in the end. <laughs> <laughs> Will you show me yours? I have a stamp. Yes. I'm just so flattered that you would shit on me. That's I, really flattering. I don't think I said yeah, I would shit on you. Yeah, you said absolutely. <laughs> and yeah. I was like, Brian, Dang. thanks. Cause, yeah, yeah, you know what? Thanks, if it would man. help you out, I'd shit on you. I mean, <laughs> if that's what it takes, I'll do it. We will not be alive after this episode. <laughs> no. <laughs> really will kill us. Um, 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 uh, um, um, uh, no, 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 <laughs> listen, <laughs> listen here, um, um, a beef, quite, 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 beefy, um, uh, um, I, I, um, 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 uh, 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 all right. So then on to, I got more. Yeah, I got, I, I, I'm, uh, um, um, in a minute. E, e, m, in, yeah, probably. Minute, minute, minute. Well, a little, little edge. Whoa. And I was like, I'm going to fucking send this to them. But then I was like, put that in your dissertation. I, um, I, um, um, I'll stamp your ass, James. Um, 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 we don't know who it is. Oh, no. Oh, get out of here. Ha <laughs> ha!